Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel, which is sponsored by Evolvepreneur.biz, a new online community-based platform designed to help develop your skills and knowledge to be massively successful in this new digital age. Your host today is John North, who is a three-time number one international best-selling author and strategic marketer. John's passion is to help business owners to master the online marketing world. Welcome to Evolvepreneur podcast channel. Your host today is John North, and I want to talk about why does businesses fail at the same rate as they did 30 year, years ago when information was so scarce. My special guest today is Ronan Leonard, who connects small business owners to support groups through an innovative concept of virtual masterminds. Without a co-founder or business coach, solopreneurs are often overwhelmed with to-do lists. They needed partial advice to get the right support to help them achieve clarity and better results. Ronan is passionate about helping people um, on, on his platform called the Accountability, um, and he loves seeing the benefits of mastermind groups on have on each person who participates and has helped hundreds of small business owners increase clarity, confidence, and productivity by creating the support network for them to achieve their true potential. We talk about um, he had nine million YouTube view, views. Ronan was a 20 when he was 23, he helped rescue passengers and fellow staff when a cruise ship he worked on sank off the wet wild coast of South Africa. For nine years, he continued to work on cruise ships, sailing around as the casino manager. His first business, a casino partner company, grew from two casino tables to over 50 um, and the largest gaming events in this company in Australia. With a casino background, he understands risk versus reward and where the true value lies and where you, where you put your time and money. Hint, it's not gambling. In his spare time, he enjoys reading, um, playing poker and red wine, but not necessarily at the same time. Welcome, Ronan. Thanks so much for coming along today. Can I give a, I know I get a little bit of background, but um, so you're from England, I'm guessing, originally? Or? Yeah, originally from, from the UK and, and very early 20s, got, got my dream job working on a cruise ship. Um, sounded like a dream, turned into a bit of a nightmare. Mm. Yeah, within six weeks of me joining the ship, we hit a very bad storm off the wild coast of South Africa. They don't call it the wild coast for nothing. And <laughs> uh, the two oceans meet, so huge yes. rollers, um, hor horrendous winds. And we just started shipping water and all the lights went out. So, yeah, quite a scary proposition. Although for years I've told lots of funny anecdotes that at the time, and it's partly a mindset thing, I actually had a lot of fun at the time, mm. even though it was a very scary situation. Yep. But I think that's just, just me. It's not something you can teach. It just sort, of, just sort of came about. Yeah, I mean, I was in the ambulance for a few years when I was honorary ambulance but, um, when I was a bit younger. And um, basically, it's interesting, the adrenaline in a really bad situation kicks in. And it's obviously Mother Nature, you know, making sure you live because you have no more priorities to survive. And I think the, the, the adrenaline cuts out all that fear factor and all that sort of stuff. And, and some people can think really clearly, some people just fall apart. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I suppose it's the flight or fight response and you end up with either one or the other. And, mm -hmm. and I suppose mine was fight because the, the captain and a lot of the senior officers all abandoned us to our fate. Oh, wow. They left all their posts. And it, it taught me a very good lesson actually very early on that there is this gap between what people are promoted to and, and mm -hmm. supposedly in, in, in authority. Yep. And then when push comes to shove, what they actually do. Mm. So it's it's taught me to be quite sort of curious and uh, a little bit wary of 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 experts and 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 people that have, have labelled themselves as such because 
um, you don't really know their true character and, and sometimes you know what they pr propose to be isn't yep. isn't the true person yeah, sometimes you never should meet your heroes right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah i can probably attest to that i've met a few people and thought wow you know there's nothing like i expected them to be particularly actors you know they're the worst because what they portray on screen are totally different totally different accents you know totally everything's totally different so um I want to talk a little bit about failure of small business today um, and it's kind of one of my pet kind of peeves as well because I think two reasons why these people businesses fail and one of them is they started the wrong business um, and then they proceed to fail and they end up in a situation where they're just trying to prove to themselves that they're right and sometimes it's got to change direction and I think emotion kicks in and so they start thinking well they get very and there's a tv show on tv um, on um in Channel 7 on they might have watched called The Mentor and it's interesting that every single show of that there's an emotional reason why they're doing what they're doing and their business is going bad and they've caught this emotional attachment for whatever reason and and he basically gets through that emotional attachment and suddenly they just come up the other side and so in your experience what do you think like one of the things we talked about was even though businesses got so much more information so many more mentors so much more you know the web has expanded so much in comparison when i started a small business which was basically going to spend a lots lots and lots of money hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn stuff that you could just google nowadays like literally just get the entire thing off google um so what do you what do you know about the, the current failure rate of small business has it got better or has it got worse I think it's as high as it's ever been i don't know the exact statistics because it varies from country to country mm. But it's become something different. You're right. 30 years ago, it was very hard to start a business because there was very little information. So you really struggled for, for information. It probably meant that you invested more time and effort and, and planning in that. Mm. And you had almost more skin in the game. Yes. And now you've got all that information, which makes it easy to fail. And there are a lot of advice out there that says, you know, fail, fail fast, keep failing. Yep. Ideally, though, you don't want to fail. You want to learn from someone else that's already failed. Yes. It's <laughs> too late. So that's the crux. So people don't have the same time and, and money in, in invested in that. And also, I believe they just don't have their why drilled down. You talked about the emotion. Mm. Now, a lot of people uh, really have that strong emotion and they might be really good at a certain technical skill. And that's the reason they want to start their own business. So they work at a company. They realize, look, oh, I'm a better plumber than, than this company I work for. Why don't I go out and start my own business? Yep. So they do all that. They take those technical skills. And there's three core aspects. You would know this to be a successful business owner. You need to be part entrepreneur to have the ideas. Yep. You need to be part technician and you need to be partly manage, managerial and manage yep. your own time, staff, uh, other people, mm. and your expectations. Mm. Most people leave the manager behind so they they're quite entrepreneurial usually that's why they left recently. yeah it's why they left so what happens is they don't set goals and or if they do if it doesn't if it falls over there's nobody there to kick their butt to say look you know you promised that the delivery was this week they're good with their clients obviously because if you don't service your clients and those deliveries then you're going to fail very quickly yeah but the true growth comes from learning what you don't know stepping outside your comfort zone. So for a lot of people, that's obviously marketing um, or it might be even promotion, you know, getting on a podcast like that. They fear, they fear public speaking, yeah. all of those things. But that's where the true growth happens. But there's just nobody there to, to push them a little bit further or hold their hand when they're having a bad week yeah. and just creating that, that, that safe environment for them to grow. So they end up sticking with what they know 
stick in their comfort zone and and eventually we talked about this off, offline they reach that peter principle mm. which is where you reach your level of incompetence and, and and you could be great at certain things but you can't be great at everything and, and small business owners you know it's just not possible yep. so you really need that extra help and support and advice from from trusted people because the internet obviously is full of a, a lot of people that have an opinion but it might not necessarily be relevant to your business yeah yeah so the quicker you can get that help and support advice around you the quicker you can reach that that next level when you hit that that plateau which everybody does mm. and i think sometimes it's like some people say you know i've got 20 years experience i said is it 20 years of experience or 21 years of experience <laughs> so it's like you've got one year's worth of experience you've just done it 20 times and you really yes yeah think. Yeah, Yeah, there is that that saying that uh, you haven't lived sort of 30 years, you've lived the same year 30 times. Mm, mm. And and so you really need to to, to find ways to to, to stay fresh, stay relevant, to reinvent yourself, to learn new things. Because if you're not learning new things, then then you're definitely stagnating and more so than ever that the change of of rate these days is, is exponential compared to as I said, 30 years ago, yep. you could do the same thing week in and week out, month in, month out, not a problem. Mm. Now there are people that, that are innovating with AI and other technology that, that most businesses just won't be around in five, 10 years and most jobs won't. Yes, and, and I think that's the danger is that um, I think one of the things that I've always felt is on Mondays when I start my start my week, I wish you were going to get fired. <laughs> right? So my first question in my head is, what can I do not to get fired this week? Yeah. And I think the thing is that the question you ask yourself then is, well, you need to be better. You need to do things better. You need to improve this. You need to do that. And I think if everybody woke up every morning, every Monday morning and thought they were going to get fired, they'd change. Like they go on holidays, they're very quick at what they do. They're going to get fired. They think, I don't want to get fired. I want to make sure I'm better. And just put a bit of fire in your belly to sort of like get things moving because it's very easy to suddenly turn around and be brighter again and nothing's been achieved. Yeah, well, the two things that I I sort of focus on is is leverage because most businesses owners fail. You said partly because they're in the the wrong business. It's partly because they just run out of energy. They've got all that enthusiasm, excitement at the start, and and they get that first sort of level of 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 success and recognition or enough to go, okay, this this business works. But then they they never sort of get out of that. It's just me comes a slog, and then you know they hit the sort of four or five year thing and just go well I'm exhausted because I'm doing 50 60 hours a week mm. and I'm not leveraging what I know I'm not leveraging other people's um, lists I'm not looking at JVs never goes to, to networking events and all they're thinking about is one customer yeah I find one customer that's going to buy my stuff instead of thinking is there someone I can partner up with can we cross promote mm. is there someone I can JV with is there somebody that we can share resources and then all mm. of a sudden business becomes so much easier when you collaborate and you look for those opportunities rather than thinking that it's just you against everyone else. I think the, the biggest problem with most small business owners is that the rest of their family, friends and everything really don't care what they do, um, don't understand what they do. So basically not even, not even worth talking to them about it because they won't, <laughs> won't take it on anyway. So you can start a long explanation, they go, I don't know what you're talking about. And so you kind yeah. of hold up. So you've got no one else to talk about. Um, and it's really funny, actually, networking functions are really funny. When people say to you, how's things going? They always say how well it's going. Yeah. And a couple of months later, you'll see that they closed the business down or something. And it's like, you know, you, you've sort of lined everybody in some respects because you're not willing to open up and say to some, no, it's absolutely terrible, you know, I don't know what to do next, you know. And because you're not going to say that to someone in public because obviously that's going to have a spiraling effect. 
And I think that's what happens with most small business owners. They just tell everybody it's fine. And behind the scenes, it's like this iceberg thing going on. And I think um, that's the danger is that if you don't expand out, and, and I mean, one of the things obviously you talk about is masterminds, something I'm quite passionate about as well, is that having other people to even unofficial masterminds or other people you can chuck ideas at that understand what you're talking about and can turn around and, and sometimes just that one line, it'll say, you know, you should do this and go, I hadn't thought of that. Um, and the other thing I do is a lot, of, to a lot of people go watch a lot of webinars. Like most webinars are sales webinars, but generally speaking, it's almost like going to sell, you know, the old days where you went to networking, you went to some presentation, always walk away with something, right? You never learn something. And sometimes just go to webinars in your industry and just watch what they say and you never know you might get an idea out of it. Yeah, you definitely need that safe space. Uh, my first business, I, I didn't have that. And I, I used to come home and, and load to my wife and, and she's pretty smart, but mm. she works in corporate and, and there does come a point where you, you don't want to bring your troubles home to your, mm. to your friends and family and they partly yeah. don't get it or, you know, they get tired of hearing that. Mm. So definitely having that safe space where you really can open up. And, and when you're in a mastermind, people get to really know, like, and trust you. Mm. So many people think, oh, I, I'm in a mastermind on this Facebook group. So I post yeah. this question and everyone gives me an answer. Well, yeah. they often give you a generic answer. They don't really know you. Yep. Uh, so they're giving you, and they, they, might, they might give you the right idea, but they don't really know you. So mm. right, John, being in that group where people says, if you try this, oh, no, I haven't thought of that. Mm. I've been in business 10 years. I didn't know that thing existed. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Yep. So having that safe space to really open up and say, I'm struggling or had a rough couple of months or I've lost direction and for people that really know like and trust you and, and go deep with you so mm -hmm. I've got your back I can help you you know let's let's work out a strategy let's let's brainstorm and and help you is is worth so much more than paying external consultants that ultimately don't just don't have that that vested interest in your success yeah I mean I think it's hard because sometimes you know you're paying someone to be um, analytical and and sort of cold about it but at the end of the day sometimes you need that opposite where someone's going to see the person as well and understand that that's where you know of some at the end of the day most people create businesses because they're trying to um get away from the boss they're trying to create their own future and and fortunately usually catches up on them because what happens is eventually they find out they've got to be their own you know they've got to be the boss and they don't like being that um and so they get another one to do that job for you or whatever um and i think that's the danger is that you can end up you know in a situation where <clears throat> you've got yourself in a hole and you don't know what to do and and you can't hire enough experts <laughs> in that scenario too to figure out some really basic stuff. I remember one thing I saw on Facebook a few months, probably about last year or something, it said something like, um, if you don't have a $25,000 a year service, you'll never sell one. And I thought that was interesting. So I actually next day I decided to have one and I sold one about a week later. And it was interesting that, you know, you, you see those things, but if you're not looking for them, that yeah. would have just gone straight past the Facebook feed in, in seconds and it didn't, didn't even click. But someone might say that to you in a, in a mastermind scenario, something offhandish that related to what you've just said, and you go, oh, I didn't think of that. Like that's, you know, that could be gold. And just one little sentence, <laughs> you know, you can actually change the way. And that actually did change the way that I did business. I actually cut back to three clients um, and just charged a minimum fee. And, and because we want, I wanted to do other stuff, and it was, it was kind of caught. So I reckon don't ever fear that you can't reinvent yourself. Like I, in the 20 odd, I think 28 years I've been in business we never are scared to try and reinvent like and i think say look let's get rid of this product get, you know let's start another product let's start another business let's do something else within that business environment rather than just say i only do this that's all i do 
Okay, well, yes, pigeon, pigeon, pigeonholing yourself can can be a, a recipe for, for for failure. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. and having the confidence and 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 confidence and confidence is is a loop where you try something. Yep. You, you never graded at the start, even when mm-hmm. you first start in mm-hmm. business. You've got to think that we all started from nothing. Yeah. So you try something and and with a little bit of advice and support and help, and okay, that wasn't too bad. And you and you try it again, and you get better, and you create that new confidence and competence loop mm-hmm. that just feeds back into itself. Mm, but going back to, to leverage, you're right. Most people uh, start their own business because they want the freedom and the reality is the opposite. Unless they constantly working on their business, not in it, and, and looking for structures and support. So the, one of the quickest things is that people sort of reach a certain level of income. And then as a small business, they think that's all their money, all mine. I need yeah. to hold that. So that's what I earn. Without saying, well, okay, well, look, if I... If I can invest 20% in, in a VA or an admin person, I can grow the business so much quicker than me just doing mm. All, mm. All, what I do because yeah. they're on a lower rate. I can free up my time mm. to work on marketing or more customers or higher value propositions, whatever that is. So sometimes you will need to take a step back to really increase your profits. Mm. And, mm. And, I, and I think I see that as one of the biggest things that just people don't have that mindset where... Yeah. They just see that all the money in the business is their money as yep. opposed to it's the business money. And you you always need to invest in yourself and, and your business. Yeah, yeah, be reinvesting. I mean, I think that, you know, we probably turn over more this year with less customers than we did the year before. Yeah. With a hell of a lot less customers, a hell of a lot less stress. And that's because we sat there and thought about what I wanted and what the business needed in terms of the way that that should operate. And, and sometimes you, you, you've got to really be clear about that. And I think sometimes somebody, you know, wake up, call someone saying, you go, you're crazy doing this. And you go, well, didn't think of it. <laughs> Nobody's willing to tell you that. I think that that sort of unreasonable friend thing is, is handy in a mastermind environment too, where someone can be a bit unreasonable in what you say. So don't sort of like try and get out of it. Say why you really, you know, what's really going on. So, one of the things I want to ask you was, and I've sort of got this in my head a little bit, but what do you think if you spoke to your future, you know, your past, in the, you know, look at your past self and your future self and say, well, what would you say to yourself in the three main things you should focus on business after doing it now? Um, what do you think the three things that you would say to them say, hey, don't forget to focus on these three things? The first one I would definitely say would be structure. We talk about this this freedom, but ultimately rituals and habits are what get your goals. So having much more of a structure. Um, so my my mornings are really well structured. The mm-hmm. afternoons can go a little bit sort of um, free for all as, as emails come in and everything, but I try and to be really structured at the start. The other one is the most important tasks. What your there's there's obviously the Stephen R. Covey with you know, mm-hmm. versus. Um, productive and important versus yep. um, long-term planning, all, the, all those different things. So definitely your most important task, if you can to knock that off at the start of the day, yep. uh, that really helps. And, and the final one I would talk about, I talk about it all the time, is, is, is leverage. Mm-hmm. Now, we were talking in a mastermind group the other day and, and there was this post on Facebook about this guy saying, uh, you know, I work some, from 5.30 in the morning through to 7.30 at night. Well, clearly you don't know leverage. You're bragging about it. Hey, I work 75 hours a week. Yes. Aren't I smart? Well, actually, he was saying, no, you, I think no. you're dumb. Because <laughs> A, you're going to burn out. And, and B, mm. it must be other people that you can, you're not charging enough or in your own business to be able to afford to put, employ someone else to do those to do that work. And I think um, I read a really good thing on Tony Robbins a long, long time ago, and it's, it comes out again, is that asking better questions 
So the question isn't how can I work longer hours and make more money? It's how can I work less hours and make more money? He's never going to be able to to scale that thing because what is he going to do? Work another 20 hours a week? Um, You know, he's going to be dead in a year. (laughs) And I think that's the asking the better questions. Um, And to me, it's about focus. And one of the things that I see a lot in in the clients I'm dealing with is that the pretty shiny uh, objects that they follow is dangerous. So what they do is they, they rather they think they've got to do lots of things, and probably the old guy is a good example, right? He's working long hours because he thinks he has to do lots of things. Half the time, it's just the one thing you need to focus on. And and what they're doing is they're starting new businesses, they're starting new products, they're writing new books, they're doing all this stuff. And I'm going, if you just focused on one thing for you know like and and built a business around that, you'll get somewhere. But trying to sell lots of things, and I, I think we at one point I probably were you know, crazy with that. We had like 30 products, right? Yeah. And it's like we sold them all, but we never did any of them justice because we were always moving on to the next product or trying to fix up the problems of the previous one. And I think the danger is, is focusing on what's important, focusing on what's going to make the money, the, the old eighty twenty rule, I guess, in terms yes, of what's going yeah. to make the money, but but making sure you stick to that for a while. And, and I think most small business people, particularly in the internet game, it seems like they're all ADD. Like it's almost like... um. It's like it's a, they almost they wear it as a badge of honor. Almost them will come out and say, "I'm ADD," and I said, "Well, that means you're a nightmare to work with, I imagine, because you're trying to do, you know, like you you can't sit still, you can't stay attention to one thing." And I think that's the biggest problem small businesses. They don't figure out what's important to them, focus on it, and and not let themselves get distracted. And one of the things yeah, that I decided in 2018 was to say no more. Yeah, I mean, my example is that I I, I predominantly I'm on LinkedIn. You can't you can't manage all those channels. Certainly, yeah. when you're a small business, you just can't do them all. So for me, LinkedIn is my target market. It's people that I can have a one-to-one relationship with, with people that are decision makers, that are that are small business owners that that sort of have that need. So mm-hmm. last year, I started work on LinkedIn, and I grew my following from a thousand to eleven thousand. So I, I 10xed because yep. I focused just on that. I wasn't trying to be on Facebook for half an hour and, and, and Twitter. I just, <laughs> <yourself> out. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. just focused on, on LinkedIn and, and I've built up a strong following on there just by, just by focusing on the, on the one platform. So you're right. You've, you've, using the 80-20 principle, you start to look at where am I getting my results? Um, let's, tr- let's try work out what's the, what the best one will be. Let's try it for three, six months rather than just trying it for a couple of weeks going, oh, that didn't work. Let me move yep. on to the next thing. Yeah, and I think it's the danger is that stuff that's really worth it does take a bit of time to make it work and, and get right and get your messaging right and to understand who your customer is. So, I mean, we, my particular service we're charging 25 grand a year for now, I offered that a while back at a similar price, but we it was wrongly structured in that we're looking at too much volume. And so the whole thing was wrong and it was a good payday, right? But because it wasn't working, it was too stressful. I stopped it and moved on to something else. And two years later, come back full circle and I think, hang on a minute, that was good. That was a good payday. That was one of the best paydays I had, but it was wrongly conceived. And so by actually reinventing it and coming back and going, well, okay, that works. So sometimes it's like going back to the past, figure out what really worked really well and think what went wrong with it and why'd you stop it? And sometimes you stopped it for stupid reasons and, yeah, just and reinvent that it. product back and from what you learned and then yeah. go forward with it. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the danger is that you can get distracted with too many things and end up just doing justice to nothing. And then the people around you get so confused that they don't know what to do. So you've got a confused workforce 
<laughs> wondering what they're going to come up with next. So tell me, I had a bit of a look at your platform last night. Actually, I was quite interested in it. Tell me a little bit about how you got it in the first, how you built it in the first place and how it came about and, and what your kind of goal is there in terms of what you're trying to achieve. I built it to scratch my own itch. I was in a course that taught you how to build software as a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like everybody else, I'm always trying to learn. And my previous business sort of got to a point where it wasn't going to be, I looked to reinvent myself. It wasn't going to be the thing I want to do for the next 10 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to take a long, hard look at yourself sometimes yes. and, and make those tough decisions yeah. and to say, this is, this is no longer for me. It was great at the time. I learned so much. Good stepping stone. So I joined this software as a service course and, and a lot of courses I saw it was $5,000. I saw people drop out after four weeks mm. of course. Yeah. And they, you know, they dropped $5,000 and then dropped out. Well, they but they solved the problem, right? They spent the money, they've solved the problem, right? Move on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So within that, they had a mastermind. And that was the first time in, in 12 years of business that I'd ever had that support. Because prior to that, I'd had a little bit of coachings here and there. But as I said, effectively, you know, you, you bounce things off your friends and, and, and your and your family and, because they don't give you good advice anyway <laughs> yes exactly yeah and and i just loved the concept it was just phenomenal and then it, it ran its course and and people sort of finished the, the course those that those that stuck it out and then i looked around for another one to join and all i could find was people that had a mastermind as part of their their program so they might be a copywriter and then to come and join a mastermind so there was no general one for small business owners mm-hmm. and when i ran my ran my events business I had about 30, 40, 50 contractors because it's very seasonal, very sort of weekend work. And often they were starting their own business on the side. So they'd come for me for a bit of advice. Can you tell me how to do this? Or what about websites? So I'd give them some information. And I'm not a business coach and I don't, don't profess to be and, and, and ever want to be. Yep. <laughs> but I, I do genuinely love helping people and mm. go back to the cruise ship. That was where I said, okay, what am I good at? I'm, I'm good at helping people. It's mm. something that's, that's built into me is my intrinsic value. And then I just saw there was nowhere where people could just join a mastermind group and just start to collaborate and get that help and support at a reasonable price yep. um, f- for me. So I scratched my own itch and I built the, the platform mm-hmm. purely to help as, as many people as possible at a price point that is, that is good value for them and they can get that help and support. Right. So that's why I built it. Mm. So how long have you been running now? So we've been in beta last year. I had a lot of tech issues. When you don't write code, you're at the whim yeah. of are you laughing, yes? Yeah, so I'm going through that right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I started Toffer again, but anyway, I started again. So you know what you're saying? Like, 40 programmers think they can write perfect code out of the gate, and yeah. they never do. <laughs> yeah. and, and when you don't write code, you don't, again, you don't know what you don't know. So they, they're like, yes, we, we can do it. We've done it before. Because WebRTC is a little bit like Zoom here, but without the plugin. Mm-hmm. So effectively, it was reasonably new technology because I wanted yeah. people just to drop straight into the platform. Yeah. In, and then we're all there in, in the meeting room. Yeah. So I went through three developers and 12 months and, and obviously a bit of budget as well. So it launched about three months ago, but I've had a few, quite a few people come through for beta and, and, and stuck with me while it's, you know, it didn't work and we'd switch over to Hangout yep. and it would work for half an hour and then crash. <laughs> so all those teething problems, I, I had my beta people with me. Yeah. And I think they hang on to you and hang on to it. They can see value in it. You learn a lot from that, I think. 
Yeah, exactly. And and one of the best things about the mastermind is that there, there is no one guru. So it's it, mm. although I am facilitating the the group and, and offering suggestions, I'm learning as much as well from everybody else. Mm. I'm learning from people that are that are hungry and and have that desire and it and it refuels your energy for the for the, after the session. You go, yeah, you know, they they were amazing. They brought so much energy into the room. And, and and again, even when someone's offering advice to somebody else for their problem, you start to go, oh, okay, I can use that, uh, but in a different way. Mm. You, you're getting ideas all the time, uh, yeah. but also you're getting people that have actually implemented something. So often the relevancy, I, I call a lot of blog posts and videos two-dimensional because yeah. you just don't apply to that person at that time and yeah. is it relevant to your business? Yeah, if they haven't done it in the last six months, they probably don't know what they're talking about. Quite possibly, yes, but but also it's a generic thing. If you're building a course for somebody uh, mm. or you're offering advice, it's a generic thing, and then you get somebody going, well, that doesn't work for me. Mm. But then someone will say, well, look, I, I did that, but I tweaked it, and, and that worked, or mm. they mm. just helped join the dots. Yes. Um, I think mm. often that's the biggest thing. With all that information out there, but how do you actually connect it all together? How do you join the dots and apply it to, to you and what's mm. right for you? And I think that's one thing about what I've discovered in the last probably 12, 18 months or, if in, or even earlier than that was when, I, when the early days when I wanted to learn something, it cost a lot of money. Now you can, you know, and, and somebody says, oh, a course might be $2,000 or $5,000. You're saying, you think that's, that seems like a lot of money, but not really. And so by buying other people's knowledge and fast-tracking that and, and getting exposed to someone who's done something over a period of time, so like a decade in a day kind of thing, you get so much more benefit from it. And I think that's one thing that small business people need to understand is that you always be learning. There's no reason for it. You can't pay for information. That's what everybody does. Anyway, they buy books, you pay for information. So those courses and those interactions and, and paying for something, number two does two things. One is it hurts you a little bit. So you'll actually do it. And secondly, obviously you'll fast track what you've know because someone else will know a whole lot more than you. And if you just close your, you know, close your mouth for five minutes and learn, you might find something out. Yes, there are there there are so many um, niches now and specialities in in just about everything from from mm. click funnels to email marketing to to website copy all of those things yep. and you can't be across them as a small business owner mm. and it comes back to that growth mindset or fixed mindset so a growth mindset uh, if you're investing in your business which is yourself yep. because ultimately as a small business owner you're the one that has to come up with all the ideas you're the driving force behind it. If you stop investing in yourself, and, and I talked about it earlier where you say, oh, this is my money and, and, and now this is what I earn. Mm, Don't mm. invest some of that back in, in, in yourself and, and other areas where you can grow or you see value or you learn something new, then, then that is the fast track to, as you said, you ended up on the mentor and you're in this mm. hole that you can't dig out of because yeah. you haven't <laughs> surrounded yourself with um, yeah. enough learning or, or advice or invested in yourself. Yeah, you've dug yourself in a hole. And I think that's the whole fight and flight thing is what I've seen in small business. Like, and in some respects of that mentor show is like, they always say to the start there, oh, well, whether they stay or will they go or like help shut the business down. But I don't think it ever happens because basically there's always a way out of it. It's just that they haven't seen it. And it's so obvious sometimes, but they don't see it because they're stuck inside it and no one notices it. No one has got the advice or whatever around them. So, well, you know, I can see exactly. I was one show there where this guy was doing job cards manually and been doing them for like 30 years. And would not do them by computer and would not allow anybody else to check them. Right. So basically what was happening was, he, but all the money was owed, right? They were going broke. So yeah. by him holding back on the job cards and not letting anybody else touch them and doing them all manually, it was stopping the entire business. 
but the reason it was an emotional reason why I was hanging on to it because of, of a death in the family and he was trying to control things. It was actually this I was listening to radio last night. And guys always want to control the situation, right? That's something that's kind of like almost embedded in them. They want to control the situation. In reality, you can't, right? And so he was trying to control something that was eventually going to stuff his business up. And once he let go of that and let them do it and computerized it, then he could actually carry on with what he wanted to do. So it's almost like that little roadblock that they needed to get over where they, for whatever reason, they wouldn't get it because they're so t- attached to it for whatever reason. So the job cards have got nothing to do with death in the family, right? Nothing. Yeah. But he's attaching himself to that. And, and making the what and I was actually talking about the why, you know, the why he's doing it. And, and I think you mentioned that um, you saw Simon Sinek just recently and turned about the why in your business. And that's quite an interesting kind of thing because most people don't actually, when you ask them why they do what they do, a lot of people can't really tell you. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, get out of bed because they pay the bills, right? What, you know, the big why. So what did you sort of, you said you saw him in, in live, was it in, in Australia or? Yes, uh, he came to, to, yeah. to Melbourne last year and, and and obviously he's a bit of a global phenomenon and, mm. and he, but he's he's just so down to earth with it. And, mm. and we talk about, you know, somebody meeting some of your heroes and finding out they're, they're not much of a hero. Yeah. Not a hero, but certainly his, his advice is, I see the difference between simple and easy. Everyone on the web says, oh, these three easy steps. It's normally a, a lie because business is hard. Whoever tells you it's easy yeah. is, is mostly lying. Or uh, trying to sell your to, business to that, you. <laughs> yeah, and, and trying to get your money. Yeah. So it's quite simple, the, the formula. But once, once you have your why drilled down and you have it in front of you, then it, it's, it's seldom about money. In the 20s, they, everyone's advertising to, to you saying that, you know, you want the Ferrari and the big house and, and all those things. The reality is that that's that's not what people want. There's intrinsic value that they're motivated by, mm. and, and when you can tap into that, and you really know your why you're in business, and, and for most people, it is genuinely to to help people. Business is really just about um, solving someone's problem at a price they're happy to pay, and that's the win-win. Yeah. And, and and as a small business owner, you would know what it's like, John. When you when you've helped someone and you see that you see them implement your advice and your your ideas and and, and that growth. And they come back and go, oh, you know, thank you, that that worked. That's such a rush of endorphins and oxytocin that you, you love it. So you can't buy that. Like you can't. No money can get you that. Like no, no. Obviously, you attach. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, obviously, you attach a monetary value to that because you've already paid for your service and sure. you've got to feed your family and and you have those things. But once you know your why, everything else becomes a lot easier. And those tough days when you've got to make those uncomfortable decisions. When you know your why, you'll push through. When you when you look at that and say, "Well, my job is to help more people. How can I do that? I need to to, to market more. Yeah. Oh, I don't really like marketing. I'm uncomfortable with that. Mm. But it's my why. It's it's mm. it's what I truly believe in and, and what I'm good at and, and and what I'm here to do. Yes. And it it helps you. It helps you with those uncomfortable uh, moments when you want to stay inside your comfort zone. Mm. Mm. And it makes sense. Um, I think at the end of the day, like um and we work through this with a couple of my clients about the why and, and most people are very reluctant to put a number on it, you know, and, and one of my clients is a life coaching client and, and she came up with the concept of wanting to help a million people before by 2000 and I think 23 or whatever it was coming the exact day, I think it's 23 or 28. And by actually having to put that number in place and saying, that's what she wants to do. I said, now your mindset about how to get there is a different now. So you're going to start thinking about how can I, like a million is a big number. How am I going to get there? If she'd yeah. said a thousand people or a hundred people, it'd been a lot easier, right? And and you could think oh, I could probably make that. 
But when you put a big number on it and, and stretch yourself a bit, and then you start asking questions. So it's the old story is like, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is that I've got to try and figure out now, well, I've now I've stretched myself and I've got a big why. Now I've got to figure out a way around it to leverage. As you say, like leveraging is a big thing is try and figure out how you can get those million people. And, and possibly it's not to get in front of a million people, it's to get a thousand people to get in front of a million people. You know, like I saw something um, um, with a movie, The Inconvenient Truth, where, where Al Gore talks about, um, the, you know, the fact, and it was an interesting movie where it talks about the fact that no one really believed in global warming when he started. And what he decided to do was teach leaders to teach other people. So he'd have a leadership conference where they would come and learn how to present his ideas to other people. Yeah. And that's how he grew his, his movement rather than trying to get at the top and trying to convince all these people in one go, um, you know, that global warming was a problem. He wanted to educate people. So he trained them on how to actually present his ideas. Um, and I think the first conference was a couple hundred people. And at the end of the movie, it's like 5,000 people at this conference. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's one of the great uh, examples of leverage. And everyone sort of thinks, oh, I could grow my business if there was only just one, another one of me. Yes. And often they just hold on to all that yeah. intellectual property, all that thing, you know, only I can do it as well as anyone else. Mm. And the reality is possibly, but if that won't set you free. And if your if your why is something more than just doing the technical side, which yeah. for most people it should be and, and it and it is, mm. then you do have to find ways to to to, to leverage because it's the only way that you're gonna create a the, the lifestyle that you probably originally went in it for. So no no sort of plumber left his plumbing job to say, oh, I'm working 40 hours a week as a plumber. Why don't I go and work for myself and do 60 hours, or 40 night. hours on the tools, yeah. another 20 trying to do my marketing in the evening and the, and the bass on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So without, without that, so short term, you can do that. But long term, your goal should be, okay, well, I, I want to do it so I can have two or three fans on the road and three other plumbers under me. Yep. And I can work 30 hours a week on, on the stuff I love and, and mm-hmm. create that real freedom. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's dangerous. I mean, I think that's the thing about, you know, and, and probably come back to Mastermind concept is that if you haven't got anybody that can be an unreasonable friend or will give you some advice about that, then ultimately you are taking advice from people that probably don't care or have a vested interest in what they say. You know, I'm, I'm used to work in the bank and, and people come and ask you questions and the reality is the bank's got its own interest to look after. So if you say to the bank you're in financial trouble, they're going to take a different view of that. I'm not going to try and necessarily save you, save you. They're going to figure out how they can get your house before, before yeah. you get a break, right? And I think that's the danger is that you've got to talk to people that, that care enough about the business, talk enough about you, but haven't got a vested interest in that, in your result, because that's when, you know, the, you get a very blurry um, answer out of them sometimes. Yeah, I read that last year they did a survey of small business owners and 72% of them said they were overwhelmed. It's the number one mm. adjective that they're overwhelmed. Yes. And often because I look, I liken it to a tug of war, that you've got everybody on the other side of the rope pulling against you. And, and if, if you're a solopreneur, it's just you holding yep. onto that rope. Everyone's pulling against you. Everyone's yep. pulling for your time, your your energy, your your resources. And, and you need more people on the other side of the rope. Otherwise, eventually, you're just going to let go because yep. it's, it's, a hard, yeah, it's a hard struggle to, to pull against everybody all the time. Mm. But finding those people that, that get, what you, you know, get what you're about, that will motivate you, that will support you, that have got your back, that understand you, that will give you a kick up the butt if you, when you need it and, and, and be honest with you, that there's, there's so much power in that. And, and, and yet most people ignore that. They think that... Um, 
you, you know, SEO or they think that um, I'll, I'll buy this latest software that will automate something and 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 that's my magic bullet. Mm, mm. But but ultimately it is it is learning from from other people and collaborating and sharing and and mm. and, and using your highest leverage wherever possible. And I think that's where the internet's changed everything. Because previously to do any of that sort of thing long long time ago would be a case of getting on a plane and flying somewhere and meeting up with someone or or doing some sort of conference call on the phone where you can't see them. Um, the reality was much tougher nowadays. It's so much easier with all the collaboration tools out there. And obviously your, your platform looks very interesting in that you'd be able to kind of bring them together. And I see one of the things you say on your website is that you you match people together. So ultimately it's not just a case of you're just going to get chucked into a mastermind group. You're going to match them up in terms of what they, you know, what their attitudes and obviously what their experiences, I guess, in terms of the way that works. Is that how- Yeah, we even look at personalities as well. I mean, ideally... If you're in a room with eight marketers and, and you, you all have the similar sort of background and, and went to the same sort of schools and the same education, then you, it's not that true mind fast. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to yeah. get very fast, right? Yeah, whereas if you, the, the more diversity you can get in a group, and, and we all know that the, uh, a group's results are always better than the smartest person within that group. Yes. Um, always. There's, there's yes. so many empirical studies done around that. Mm. So getting people into a group that have a different background to you, probably a different country. You know, Americans are much more gung-ho on sales. Australians mm. and, and UK, where I'm from originally, a bit more reserved. You know, they all take it. Whereas oh. Americans... <laughs> sorry? Much slower to make decisions. <laughs> yeah, much, much slower. So there's different. This is a different buying cycle, different persona, there's different sort of ways to market to, to people sort of globally, but different perspectives. Mm. And getting those... That, that full rounded view of, of, of the world, of people, of, of business ideas just helps you become a much better business owner mm. and, and much more informed and much more educated. Because mm. we all talk about, yeah, I, I know that, I know that. And, and I, I, I do these videos on cliches where everyone, everyone, everyone knows a cliche. Mm. But knowing something and actually doing it are two, two different things. Yes. And, and and most people tend to to say yeah I know that but then not and then dismiss it which mm. means that they don't really fully understand it. Mm. Mm. And sometimes it's, as I said, those little things, so simple things, can be what can turn it around. Too one little word or a couple of sentences can and change the whole business. Yeah, so, I think you have to be receptive. There is mm. that sort of point where the, so there's two things. Some business owners obviously get to that point where they are so frustrated they they bite the bullet and and then hire a coach, a, a consultant, mm. or someone to come in and or a mentor coming in to turn, turn that around. Yeah. But they, they, they sometimes need to be that tipping point. Mm. But the the hungry and the smart people do that early on. You know, they've yeah. they've listened to a couple of podcasts, their their first couple of years in business and say, there has to be a better way than me trying to bang my head against a brick wall for the next 10 years mm. and reach mm. that level of incompetence. Yeah. Why don't I collaborate early? Why don't I connect with people early that are doing things in a similar mm. space or a little bit above me? I talk about spiraling up. So we talked offline about mm-hmm. everyone following just really just two people online. They're either following Gary V yep. or they're following Richard Branson, yep. who are way, way, way above anything that they're potentially ever going to do. Yeah, you know, absolutely. aspirations. Yeah. Most people won't get to that sort of level. Um, and, and interesting enough, most people don't get to that level till they're much older too. So <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. it's interesting the success rate of, of plus 60-year-olds are far better because they've learned I think, and it was interesting, they've learned so much to get there, they then know what to do. Yeah. And so the reality is you waste 20 years figuring it out 
And so, yeah, as you're talking about finding someone who's a, above, a bit above you, is a little bit above you is much better because they get you to the next level. Yeah, they've, they've, they would have just got there. So they, everything that they've done in the last sort of year or two is, is relevant, it's fresh, uh, you can learn from them. They're much easier to connect to. Gary Vee's not going to accept your, your LinkedIn request. He's not yep. going to respond to your tweet. Mm. But the person that's just above you is. And mm. so you can look mm. around for uh, accountability partners. You can offer. Uh, the thing is that most people, if you, if you genuinely want to help them, they'll, they'll come back in spades. Yes. And, and this is another huge part of the, the mastermind is that the people that come in genuinely like helping other people and it comes back in spades. So mm. you don't go in there going, well, who, who within this group can I sell to? That's definitely yep. not what it's there for. Yep. Or who's going to help me? You go in there and go, and, you know, I genuinely like helping people and yep. it just comes back in, in, in spades and mm. in so many other ways. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So when you're, even if you're not in a mastermind group, if you're looking for someone to connect to that, that, that knows what you don't know, mm. offer, offer to help them, offer some value, offer to, to, to do something for them. Mm. And in return, you will, you will learn stuff for free that, that they would often charge their, their, their clients. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Down that road. Yeah. And I mean, because sometimes yours, and I think the other thing I probably want to finish up with, because we, we could talk all day here, but then we'll run out of, run out of time. But um, is the, the concept of how um, you can help someone else. Um, your value in, in what, and the most small businesses don't, don't know their real value. So they don't really know how good they are at something. And so sometimes they're really good at something that they don't even think is important because they see it every day. And I think sometimes getting you figuring out what you're really good at. And if it's, if it's helping people you're really good at, then you need to focus on that because the reality is you are worth something more than you realize. You've got that experience. And I think a lot of small business underrate, undercharge what they know because they don't think they're good enough. And I think um, having that person turn around and go, Hey, you're pretty good at that and hiring you or, or you know, getting you to help them. I think it makes a massive difference. Suddenly the whole estimation of what yourself comes up from that. Yeah, there's an amazing book called uh, Unique Ability by Dan Sullivan and Catherine Lorma. Right. I forget the name exactly. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you start to drill down on what am I really good at? And, and most people lack some self-awareness. They just don't mm. spend that time. And, and, and when you do drill down into what you're really good at, you amplify that and you you cut the other things and you outsource them. And, and that's where you really, that's where your true value comes in. And, and you're yeah. right. Then, then you start to really pay more attention to it. Mm. You start to put more value to it. But by recognizing it, you, you see it as front of mind. You work towards it more. You get into that flow. You create more value and, and you get more paid better for it. And, mm. and you just see more results. Mm. And I think that's a that key thing is figure out what you're good at and your superpowers and figure out what you're not good at and get someone else to do it. Because yeah. I think the trouble with schooling is they teach you to be good at everything. So they expect you to, to do all these seven, you know, different, completely different courses, seven or eight completely different courses and be good at them all and, and then punish you when you're not. Yeah. And you think to yourself, well, that's not a really great start for learning because the reality is no one's good at everything. Otherwise, everybody be a doctor, everybody be a dentist, right? Do your own dental work. And I think that's the danger is that, you know, they come out thinking you've got to be good at everything. You don't have to be good at everything. You just have to be good at one thing. If you're good at one thing, then get people to help you do the rest. It doesn't, it's not like it's, you fail because you're not good at everything. No, that's it. Most, most successful entrepreneurs are only good at one or two things. There, mm. there are a few outliers, uh, probably Elon Musk is, is an example that seems yeah. to be good at everything. But the majority of people are only good at one or two things, mm. and, but they leverage that and they, and they leverage it massively and they, 
you're right, they cut off all the extraneous things as quickly as possible. Mm. And, and we talked about it earlier, you, you don't jump onto three social media platforms or yep. you hire someone to do your social media and you concentrate on, on your mm. highest leverage, what's going to be those what am I great at? What, what, am I, what do I just excel at? And you just do more and more of that off because mm. A, you, your week goes by so much quicker, yep. you're happy, you're productive and, and you feel in flow. And mm. ultimately, that's why most people start a business because they, they want to they enjoy as, as much of it as possible. Yep. And, and if they don't find that, that happy medium and they're working on all the things that at, at, at early stage, you have to do those some of the things, you know, when you first start, you're not going to hire an accountant. Yep. You know, your first sort of six months in business when you're turning over next to nothing, it's not the reality is, but as quickly as you would invest in, in your accountant, in, in an admin person, in social media, whatever that is to free you up to be your absolute genius. That's when you, you create that sort of true empire and that leverage and people will follow you and, and buy from you and, and pay for what you, what you're expert at. Mm, no, it's actually interesting. Like nowadays because of the outsourcing, like pretty much my whole business runs off outsourcing and, and I saw something the other day that never heard of Fivers, for example. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of interesting. Um, or Upwork and things like that. And then you realize that you could, and Fivers, I warn you, if you've never heard of Fivers, you go on it, it's addictive because you start doing things and, and you don't always get the best results necessarily because you're not paying a lot of money. <laughs> but the reality is you can get so many things done uh, for so little money. And I yeah. think, and someone can do a much better job than you can. And so sometimes you've got to like say, okay, I can just go and get this done for $10 or $20 and I don't have to worry about trying to get, do it myself it's going to look bad um so a lot of that kind of scenario where you outsource all that stuff it's interesting when we offered that big package years ago one of the things we tried to do was everything so we tried to get them across all the platforms and do so much right and part of the reason it didn't work was that we tried to do too much and become unsustainable even for us we couldn't it couldn't grow couldn't get any more customers because we didn't have enough staff and to give up with the engine yeah and when we reinvented it, we can't focus on one thing. That's all we do in this whole thing. We focus on one key thing, and that's to drive traffic to a net result of joining a membership. And so what we do around it is only relevant to what we want to get at the other end. So we're very single-minded about what we want to get. And I think that was a big difference. In, and that was the full circle we did in business where we tried, you know, all the social media platforms come out, you join them all and try to be, you know, master of all, or none of them really. and all the various things you do. Sometimes, like we say to most of the clients that we deal with, SEO is irrelevant. No one's going to go on the website and look for you. So what, what, why spend a lot of money on SEO when no one's ever going to find you? They're not going to go looking for you. They don't wake up in the morning in a cold sweat going, I need a life coach. <laughs> wake up like that, right? Yeah. I'm going to go Zoom life coach. You know, very few people will do that, right? They have to discover you by accident, really. That's what has to happen. You have to be in the zone and go, oh, geez, that person's interesting and discover you by accident. Yeah. And I think that's the danger is that, um, and that's what we did wrong. We, we tried to do too much and we killed ourselves in the process trying to do it. In the end, we th we're glad to see the end of those customers because we couldn't sustain it. Yeah. Well, I've got all these little cheat sheets I have to give away to your audience where you, you yeah. look at your daily tasks and you go, say, is that a $10 task? Is that a $40 task? Is that a $300 task? And if, if you fill it out just for a couple of days or a week yes. and, and answer the phone call is, you know, $10, yeah. um, writing a, or trying to, trying to spend 40 minutes on, on something like uh, an image for a blog post because you're not very good at it. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a $5 job on yeah. Fiverr, as you said. Yeah. And very quickly, you can see where you're, you're spending all your day. And if you're not spending your day on, on the $100, $300 an hour ones, which might yeah. be 
can I create a new product? I don't have time to create a new product because I'm so busy doing all these all these ten dollar tasks. Mm. Um, so I have to give that one away. Just that's, that's just right. a really good way of people just saying, okay, well, let me have a look at my week and, and work out really where my highest leverage is. What what am I what what am I working on and what should I be working on? And that's great. And I think that's yeah, we'll put that up on the link on the on the podcast so people can grab it. Because um, I think at the end of the day, one of those things is that we always used to say, how much money do you want to earn and work it out on a, like a 40 hour work week or even less. And your hourly rate comes down to something massively high usually because most people say, I want to make a million dollars. Yeah. And they go, well, okay, let's say you're going to keep it all. Um, you know, that hourly rate comes out to a couple of hundred dollars a week, sometimes up to, a, depends on how many hours you want, it could be a thousand dollars an hour. And most people can't get their head around the fact that they, they should be doing a thousand hour an hour work. And what's that? Right. And I think that'd be great to kind of, you know, I think it's a great exercise to actually value your time because most small businesses don't value their time. And then they, therefore they don't value themselves. So they don't increase their prices yeah. or their rates and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, it'd be great eye opener. Be interesting yeah. to get some feedback we, on it as well. We do tend to get to the end of the week and go, oh, I was really busy, but but I didn't really move the, move the needle. Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> and that's just one way of tracking because most mm-hmm. of these things are in our head. Yes. We, we set those goals, they're in our head, and, and we're not accountable for them, uh, mm-hmm. which is why a mastermind group sort of, sort of helps you with that. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't if you didn't reach that goal, it doesn't matter because there's no one there to, to, mm-hmm. to say, well, you didn't reach that goal. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> accountability for it, no. Yeah, and, and, and those tasks are the same thing. You go, oh, really busy week, really busy week. But if you sat down and, and looked at it and say, okay, well, busy versus productive or mm-hmm. busy on, on, on $10 an hour tasks yeah. versus higher leverage, Mm. Um, then you need to a move across to the to, uh, employ someone to do the ten dollar ones, and then also figure out: Do I have the brain capacity, or do I know enough to work out what's mm. my higher what's my higher dollar figures that I should yeah. be working on? Yeah, no, I'm going to be real open. I think it's it's probably something people should do every time, every so often. Really, I think it's it needs a reset. Even if you've done it before, if you've done that it's kind of exercise before. You know, like you know, right? It gets you a bit scary that. though. <laughs> but done it. I think, um, and we used to do something similar to to the coaching clients, and um, they, if you're avoiding it, if you avoid filling out that form, I think you've got a problem in itself, yeah. right? If you can't do that form for a week, or even a couple of days, worst case, you are avoiding something. <laughs> I reckon. So, um, so the challenge here is, if you, you know, to fill out the form and, and and see what comes out of the other end, because you know, I can guarantee it'll be a very different mindset at the other end of that form. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and then, as I said, once once you filled out that form and, and realize the gap, it's the the next logical step is, what can I, what needs to change so mm-hmm. that I can, I'm in the higher dollar values more often. Yeah. And, and can I outsource those things? Can I can I do that? How can I make that shift? Mm. there and then that's when that's when all the flow happens that's when all the high profit profit happens and that's when you start to really enjoy your business and better questions at the end of the day then the better questions come out of that yep yeah and it, it really is about asking those better questions you're right so Ronan, i really appreciate your time here i know we got a, probably a little bit longer than we expected but we're having fun here so it's my podcast so i can do what i want <laughs> <laughs> um so tell them tell um the listeners how they can get hold of you um what's the best form of connection obviously you can look you up on linkedin obviously because you're um, you're doing well on there, but what's the best way to contact you and, and um, if they want to get in touch and, and try it? Contact me through the, the, the website, the contact form, if they've got specific questions. Uh, my email is just info at ecountability.io, but I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I love sort of posting, love hearing other people's comments. I love collaborating. Mm-hmm. I believe, you know, I, I practice what I preach and not, not, of us, not enough of us collaborate more. 
yep. and, and that's one of your highest leverages. So I'm always keen to, to, to people that want to collaborate and, and help each other and, and, and all grow together. That's, that's pretty much my, my mindset and my philosophy. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, some people think that certain people in certain industries are their competitors. And the reality is nowadays, because everything's so niche and someone's got different types of customers, no one's really a competitor. So I think um, in some respects, having that open mind to say, you know, like, even though they might be a competitor, you still don't, you know, not really. They can probably help you because they've got clients that maybe they don't service and you can have and vice versa. Yeah, it's all about how can you do more with less, and sometimes that that might be working with your your competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard I've definitely heard of stories where that that happens, and it's it's an eye opener to 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 see that 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 true growth mentality. Mm-hmm. And when you can start sort of looking looking at that, you just see so many more opportunities in life. Yes, yeah, yeah. abundance yeah. opportunity in that. Yeah, when you have got your blinkers on, you, you you're stuck in your, your what you know and and mm-hmm. and in that sort of comfort zone. And then the second you start to look up and say, there's this amazing world out there. There's a million more people doing business. Everything's changing. Mm-hmm. How, can I, how can I jump on board this really exciting time yeah. in business when yeah. it, you can collaborate with so many people and you can do so many more things? Yeah, honestly, when I started the business, when I was like maybe, I can't remember now, 26, 27, something like that, I, I wish that I had then what I have now because I tell you what, it'd be so much easier to grow a business because that you've got that connection and and ability for information. So, yeah, I think it's the best time to be in business. Yeah, so, I'd uh, agree. So thanks so much for your time. Um, and um, we'll put up the podcast and um, and we'll put the link up for um, when you grab that free bonus and, um, and start valuing your time. I think it's probably very important. So, All right, lovely. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, bye-bye. You've just been listening to another great Evolvepreneur podcast interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit evolvepreneur.biz today to find out more about our online community and how you can take part.